I got it. Come here, Ryan. Here. That's Ernest's leg. Oh, dude, you're gross, man. You said we needed to give ourselves away, so that's Ernest giving himself away. Disgusting. Yeah. Pluto, I thought you were going to clean your can out weeks ago. I just couldn't get rid of that. It took me ages to get. Guys, I don't want Ernest's leg. But we're giving stuff away. You're supposed to give something of yours away. Not my candy, Frazzle. And especially not Ernest's severed limbs. But how do we give ourselves? What does that even mean? Hey, guys. Hey, Frazzle. Hey, Mark, Mark, Mark. Want some candy? Or Ernest leg? <laughs> I think so. Pastor, I was just trying to explain to the guys the message today, and uh, good luck, because they're just not getting it. Yeah, well, we have small brains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's for sure. Sometimes some of us non-fur-bearing critters have trouble with today's message, too. We're in a series right now called Eight Success Street, and it's all about making a new beginning. Eight in the Bible is a number of new beginnings, and this being 2008, I just can't think of a better time to have a new beginning in our lives than right now. And we've been talking about why throughout the years we try things and they don't work, and and we're coming back to the very basics in our series, Eight Success Street, and looking at what really does turn our lives around. And and I'm going to talk to you, actually I'm in the middle of talking to you about five things that will absolutely revolutionize your life. And they all start with with, uh, letters from the word eight. And I, I started off the series trash talking, talking to you about E emptying the trash and how before you can really build in your life, you need to get rid of the clutter. And then last week, the talk was brought to you by the letter I, inviting God into your day. You know, the Bible tells us that the Bible is God's word. And when we invite God's word into our day, we're experiencing God. But today, my talk is brought to you by the letter G. And as you've heard throughout the service today, it stands for giving some of yourself away, giving a piece of yourself away. And just like the puppets struggle with it, I think we struggle with it too. Because we're brought up in a culture that, is, that measures your success in life by how much you're able to take or how much you're able to collect. If you have a lot of money, people think you're a success. If you have a lot of people who wait hand and foot on you and do whatever you ask them to do, you're considered to be important and a success. But the truth of the matter is, the way God designed us, success isn't in collecting stuff, it's in giving stuff away. And, and when God talks about success in life, he does it in some rather unusual terms. And I'm going to read some of those words to you from the book of Mark in just a moment, Mark chapter 8. But could I just ask you a question? Um, for those of you who've got a few years behind you, how many of you have discovered that life is like toilet paper? It really is. Because the closer you get to the end of the roll, the faster it goes. That's right. And, and even though we love life and enjoy life, sometimes there is this feeling that life is getting away from me. How would you like to be able to hold on to your life? How would you like to be able to bank it and save it and continually be able to use it? Listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verse 35. He said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. I grew up in church. I heard ministers talk about this verse. I read my Bible when I was a kid, and I used to read this verse, and to be honest with you, I used to have trouble with it. 
You know, you may look at me today and think, well, man, whenever Mark reads something in the Bible, it's like God just like makes it fit with his spirit. And often that's the case. But there are times when I read something in the Bible and it bothers me. And this is one of those times because when I was growing up, I used to hear the words of Jesus when he said, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. I sort of got into my mind that God was this cosmic killjoy up in heaven who said, if you try to enjoy your life, I'll make sure I rip it away from you. And I looked at that and when I was a kid and growing up and I thought, why would God... Why would God treat me like that? Why would God say, if you try to enjoy your life, I'll take it away from you? But the more I've lived and the more I came to understand God, I I realized that what God was doing, he was just reporting the news. That that is true. Holding on to your life is like trying to reach out and take hold of a hand of smoke. If you hold on to your life, it's true. It'll get away from you. Time passes. We get old. And then there's the time to die. But listen to what Jesus said. He said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. That was Jesus saying that if we would give ourselves away, if every day of our lives we would give a piece of ourselves away, that we would actually be able to hold on to it. One of the real secrets to success in life is that it's not how much you can collect, but it's how much you can give. Have you ever thought about that? A lot of you would say, well, yeah, Mark, duh, I know that. But let's unscrew the halos for a few moments, and let's talk about the fact that there are really three kinds of givers. And I want to know, as I approach this all-important topic today, I want to know what kind of a giver am I? The first kind of giver I thought about um, is something that I do from time to time. I, I, I get stuff ready to take to the Goodwill or to the DAV. Just stuff in, in, this, in this sack here. I've got an old duffel bag. Isn't that wretched looking? My goodness. And then I got a couple of pairs of jeans that are worn out. And they're not really trash because somebody might get some good usage out of this. And I'm thankful for organizations like Goodwill and DAV. They do a wonderful work. But honestly, I've gotten to the place where I can't use this anymore. And it's just in my way. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this bag and I'm going to take it to the Goodwill, and I'm going to leave it there, and I'm going to give. In fact, they'll even ask me, and I never take them up on this, but they're going to ask me, do you even want a contribution statement for your taxes? Because there's the idea that I've given something away. But let's analyze for a few moments. Am I really giving when I do this? Because the fact of the matter is, when I give this, it really advantages me. I don't want this around anymore. It's in my way. I can't use it anymore. Yeah, I think somebody might get some good out of it, but at the end of the day, that's marginal at best. I'm really getting rid of something I don't want anymore. Now, there are people who give this way. If it advantages them to give, if it advantages them to share a piece of themselves, as long as it makes them feel good or as long as it doesn't really you know, hurt at all, they'll do that kind of giving. So a lot of us, when we give to others, we give as sort of goodwill givers. And then there's the typical American giver. What do we give if we want to not really get personally involved? We give money, don't we? Because that's the American way. If there's a problem, then we'll throw money at it. And we'll hope that maybe, you know, we can go on with our lives and not really be impacted and we can leave some money and feel better. And, 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 and by the way, this is, you know, as we, we talk about these different kinds of giving, kind of goes upstairs. This is a good thing. And it, and it is important to be able to give money to people who are having a hard time. But even within this, there, there are different kinds of givers. There's, a, there's like a $10 giver. You know, $10 doesn't really impact our lives all that much. We feel it. 
It's something we feel a little bit. I do. But how do we feel it? Well, it's one less trip to Taco Bell. It's one less drive through at McDonald's. But that's, that's how some of us give. And then some of us, well, we, we're, we're the $100 giver. Now, I don't know if this causes you any pain. It, it's a sacrifice for me to give $100. And that's pretty serious. Because when we, when we give someone $100, that, that size, of, that, sort, that kind of giving, well, that's pretty serious. Then there's a third level of givers. I'm just asking, what kind of giver are we today? I told you last week I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm in serious mourning today, have been all week long. I told you what was going to happen. But I remember when I was watching the Cowboys back in the late 70s, early 80s, the Dallas Cowboys had a fullback by the name of Ron Springs. You may not know that name, but he blocked for a tailback named Tony Dorsett. You may know that one. But anyway, Ron Springs was a starter for the Cowboys and kind of entrenched. But I remember one summer, we got a free agent kid out of Grambling. He wasn't drafted. Nobody thought he was going to go anywhere. He played defensive back. And I can remember all the sportscasters saying, well, he'll be cut this week. He'll be cut next week. He's not going to last. He's not going to make it. But it was like we just kept noticing that if the quarterback hung the ball up, Everson would bring it down. And he wound up playing in the league for 13 years and being an all-pro. They got to be very close, though, Everson Walls and Ron Springs. And not just close when they were playing for the Cowboys. They were close after they retired. The wives and families were close. And unfortunately, Ron Springs developed type 2 diabetes. He lost one of his feet. They took the toes off of of another foot. And they were afraid he was going to die, and he was on a donor list for a kidney. And Everson Walls, his teammate, his friend, stepped forward and said, I'll give one of my kidneys. And that was a big story last year. That's a different kind of giving, isn't it? It's not goodwill giving in which I don't really care. It's just getting stuff out of my way. And it's not I'm going to throw money at the problem and make it disappear. Giving, see, giving is being willing to give something that matters so much that you're not sure you'll ever have it again. I'm not trying to be convicting for all of us here today. I'm just asking, what kind of a giver are you? If success in life is in giving a piece of yourself away, what kind of giver are you and I? How do you give? Well, I want to encourage you this morning to to wake up every morning and say to yourself, I'm going to give a piece of myself away in three ways. And if you're good at remembering things, you won't need to take notes. If you're like me and you have a mind like a, a sieve, you might want to copy these down. But there are three places I'm hoping, if you and I want to be a success, if we want to turn our lives around, there are three places that you need to give a piece of yourself away to every day. Here's number one. Every one of us needs to give a piece of ourself away to the people we love. It's odd sometimes how that we can give to others and not give to the very people that we love. And again, I'm not talking about giving stuff that doesn't matter. I'm not talking about giving money. There are a lot of moms and dads who say, well, yeah, I love my kids. I give them everything they want. But sometimes... That's not really giving. I'm talking about giving something that you can't replace. Oh, by the way, what is the only thing that you can't replace? (laughs) You can replace clothes. You can replace cars. You can replace money. There's only one thing I can't replace as a human being. I can't replace time and attention. And by the way, I put attention on there. Because as a dad, sometimes I've given time to my kids, but my mind has been somewhere else. I've given time to my wife, but my attention's been on other things. See, time and attention, that's the only thing that you cannot replace. You can't get more of that. 
And I'm encouraging every one of us here today to wake up in the mornings, dads, moms, kids, students. I'm asking every one of us, when you get up in the morning, ask yourself, who are the people I love? And are they going to have a piece of me today? Are they going to have a piece of my life? I, uh, I was a teenager in the early 70s, and there was a pop song that got really big. And you, I know you've heard the lyrics. Maybe some of you have heard them so much that they're not meaningful anymore. But there was a song that came along. Harry Shapin wrote it and sang it. And I can remember as a junior in high school hearing this song. And even though I wasn't married and didn't have any kids, it made me stop and think. And to this day, these words still get under my hood and behind my grill. The song said, My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. And he was talking before I knew it. And as he grew, he'd say, I'm going to be like you, Dad. I'm going to be just like you. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When are you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. You'll know we'll have a good time then. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I got a lot to do. He said, that's okay. As he walked away, his smile never dimmed. He said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. I'm going to be just like you and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When are you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. You know we'll have a good time then. Well, he came home from college just the other day, so much like a man I just had to say, son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and said with a smile, what I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue, and the man in the moon. When are you coming home, son? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, Dad. You know we'll have a good time then. I've long since retired and my son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the time. But my new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu. But it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's sure nice talking to you. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue, and the man in the moon. When are you coming home, son? I don't know when, but we'll get together then. Dad, you know we'll have a good time then. How about it? Do you wake up in the morning and give a piece of your... I'm not talking about stuff that you don't care about, and I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about do you give a piece of the very essence of who you are to the people you love? I'm telling you, divorces could have been stopped if there had been husbands and wives who had just shared some of who they were with each other. There are relationships that are strained between parents and kids that would never have been strained. With, with dads walking away, scratching their heads, saying, how can my kid not love me because I gave him everything? That could have been stopped. If people had just given away a piece of themselves to the people they love. Number two. If you want to be a real success in life, you get up in the morning and you say to yourself, how can I give a piece of myself away to people who can never pay me back? Oh, we're good at giving, aren't we? We think something's going to come back. When we treat our employees nice because we think maybe they'll treat us nice and stay longer and work late when we have tough times out of the year. When we give people some of ourselves because we want some of themselves. But how are you and I about giving things to people, giving ourselves to people who can never pay us back? People who don't deserve it. People that don't even appreciate it. You say, Mark, why is that important? It's important because that's something Jesus talked about all the time. If you're a Christ follower, it's got to be part and parcel of who you are. 
Every day you're giving a piece of yourself away to people who don't deserve it and who can never pay you back. <laughs> well, somebody could say, well, what's, the, what's in that? Where's that going to lead? It's bigger than you can ever dream. Have you ever given something away to someone who could never pay you back and you walked away and said, well, I don't know what's going to come of that. What difference does it make? Here's what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. Listen to this. This is an awesome, awesome statement. The Bible says, mercy to the needy is a loan to God. Not a loan from God, but a loan to God. And God pays back those loans in full. Man, that is so awesome. It'll make you walk around today trying to find people who can't pay you back. Isn't it? God is saying, when you help people who can't help themselves, and they can never pay you back, the way God looks at it is there's a loan file, there's a mortgage filed in heaven where God owes you. And God is saying, this is, what, this is huge. God is saying, him speaking, that he will put himself in your debt if you will help people who can't help themselves. Awesome. Every day I get up and I ask myself, how can I give a piece of myself away to the people that I love? How can I give a piece of myself away to people who can never pay me back? And here's the big one. How can I give a piece of myself away to what God is doing in the world? That's the, that's the question that Jesus talked about here in Mark eight thirty five. He said, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, that's Jesus' sake, and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Well, for New Springers, you know how you can give a piece of yourself away to the kingdom. In fact, this service is going to feature awesome opportunities to volunteer. It takes us about 300, 350 volunteers every weekend to have worship at New Spring. And when you, when you give away a piece of yourself to what God is doing at New Spring Church, wow, it's huge. You know, in, in Matthew 10, Jesus said, anyone who receives you receives me. Anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you'll be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you'll be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Listen, God has established two entities in our world. He established the family. He established the church. And you and I need to be part of a church where God is working. Why? Because it's so important to get the good news all over the world. And when you volunteer, I mean, you say, well, Mark, what I do at New Spring, I'm just in first impressions. Did you just hear what Jesus said? He said that if you, if you receive a prophet, in other words, if you give some of yourself away to a, to a, a leader who, who's doing God's work, that God would give you the leader's reward. That if you give away yourself to God's people that are godly, that are trying to do God's work, if you give, a, in other words, if you help them, If you give a piece of your life to help them, God said, you will get their reward. He said, even if you just bring a cold glass of water to one of the least important of the people who are doing God's work, God said, you won't lose your reward. Why is that? Because God cares about getting the message of his love to every person all over the world. And when you get involved in that, man, it changes the world. I I know the more skeptical among us would say, well, what difference does it make? What difference does it make if I volunteer at Kids World? I'm not really going to change the world, am I? What difference does it make if I open the door or stand in the parking lot to help direct traffic on a crowded day? What difference does it make? It really, of six billion people in the world, it's not going to change the world. I know the story I'm going to tell. You've probably heard before. Motivational speakers use it. Ministers use it. 
Team leaders and businesses use it. It's an old story, and I know it. I apologize beforehand, but it's so good I can't pass it up. The story is about the tide washing starfish into the beach. They were everywhere. The starfish, dying starfish littered the beach for thousands of yards. A little boy was walking down the beach, and he would pick up a starfish and flick it back into the water. And he would do it time and time again, but of course he was just covering a small amount of space. And a kind of cynical guy who was walking down the beach stopped him and said, Hey, boy, you're really not doing any good. Don't you see there's millions of starfish on this beach dying? You're not really making a difference. And about that time, the boy picked up a starfish and flicked it into the water, and he said, Made a difference to that one. You can't change the world. I know that. Not by yourself. You can't change everything that's wrong in the world. But you know what? You can make a difference to somebody. You can make a difference to that one. You saw the kids from Kids World 252 Theater. I heard a story this week that was even better than the starfish story. He was on the playground of school during recess time. One of the boys in, in, in 628, elementary school boy. And this little kid that he saw on the playground of a school, he was all by himself, nobody around him. He was really sad. He walked over to a swing set, wrapped the chain around his neck, and he said, I'm going to hang myself. I don't think he was really serious, but he said, he said, I'm going to hang myself. I think his mom had left. I'm going to hang myself because nobody loves me. He just said it for anyone who heard. And one of the boys from 252 Theater walked over to him and said, Jesus loves you. And the family continued to work. And I thought to myself, wow. That boy back there in 252 Theater, he gets it, doesn't he? Made a difference to that one. When you come to the end of your life, that's what's going to matter. See, there there are four reasons why I give, and and I want to leave those with you, and I'll close with these four reasons, and I've got to give them to you quickly. But four reasons why I want to give a piece of myself away every day. The first reason is it truly does make a difference. You really can change the world. You can make a difference if you will give a piece of yourself away. Second reason why why I give is I like the way I feel when I give. Let me ask you a question. How many of you remember a time when it wasn't like goodwill giving and it wasn't like money giving, but you like, it was like kidney giving? I mean, you didn't give a kidney away, but it really was something you gave away to somebody who needed it and you can never replace it. Can you remember a time like that? It may have been years ago, but I know how you feel about it. You still feel good. Why is that? I mean, we feel good when somebody gives us something, don't we? But it's a short-lived feeling good. I mean, we like fill the thing, and then after a while, what happens? We want something else. It's like sometimes acquiring stuff is like drugs. We need another high. We need another fix. But when you give a piece of yourself away, it's totally different. It still feels good. Why is that? Every golfer in the room knows the answer to that question. Some of you may not play golf, but if you play golf, you know the answer. I don't know why you're asking me. You know the answer. <laughs> you ever, ever miss hit the ball? I've miss hit the ball a lot of times. You know how you feel when you miss hit the ball? And I just hate it. It's like, you know, you feel the shaft vibrate and it comes up into your fingers and wrists and arms and shoulders. And you're saying, I never want to hit a golf ball again. I mean, it is a wretched feeling when you seriously miss hit the ball. 
Do you ever like get your swing just right and you strike the ball in the sweet spot of the club? How does that feel? Effortless. Effortless. It is a good feeling. It is a good feeling that comes up from the shaft of the club to the grip all the way into your fingers, up your arms and shoulders, just down throughout your body. It it is that feeling that says, I'm going to play this game again. Why is that? Because you hit, you struck the ball with the club the way the club was designed to strike the ball. When your father made you, he did not make you to be a collector. Your father made you to be a giver. God gives. God's, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't the Bible say God so loved the world that he gave his only son? You were made in his image. Are you going to feel good if you're a collector and you can make everybody do your bidding? Or are you going to feel good when you can be like your father and you can give away some of who you are? Interesting. In the Bible, Jesus tells a story about a guy who's an American. I mean, he sounds like an American to me. He was a rich guy. He was from farming. He, he like, had great success. And rich people back in those days tended to be very successful farmers. And one night he stayed up and he said, you know, I know what I'm going to do. I, I don't have enough room to store all my crops. So I'm going to tear down my storage barns and I'm going to build much bigger storage barns where I can, like, store all my stuff and I'm going to kick back and I'm going to say, enjoy life. And I'm just going to I'm just going to be a total consumer. I'm going to say, eat, drink, and be merry, and enjoy the rest of my life. Sound good? If you read the rest of the story in Luke chapter 12, the Bible said that night, God came to him and said, you fool. You've laid up all this stuff for many years, but this night, your life is going to be required of you. And then whose are all those things going to be? And then Jesus went on to say, so is everybody who lives his life who is not rich toward God. God called that man a fool. I mean, we would call that guy smart, wouldn't we? If he's so successful, he, he, he said, I just don't have enough room to like store all my stuff. It would be like saying, I don't have enough bank, connect, bank accounts to put all my money in. We'd back away from that and say, well, that guy's got it going on. And yet Jesus said, you're a fool to this guy. It's only a step from there to something that happened in the middle of the 20th century. Kid grew up in the middle, middle America, very smart, very articulate. Even in high school, all of his teachers just knew he was going to be president of the United States because he had all the gifts. But surprisingly, when he graduated from college, he felt God's leadership to be a missionary. And not just, I mean, all missionaries are great, but this guy, he wanted to go to the jungles of Ecuador to work with people who had had no touch with civilization. They were what we used to call headhunters. His life wouldn't be worth a nickel if things didn't go well. And if you've seen the movie End of the Spear, then you know the rest of the story. But he, along with four others, tried to fly around and attract the attention of some of those natives who lived there to let them know that they meant them, meant them good and not harm. They'd never seen an airplane before. Finally, they landed the craft, thinking that it was time now to make an overture to the people who lived in the tribe. And unfortunately, the men of that tribe speared all five of these missionaries, eviscerated their bodies, and left them there on the beach. When Life Magazine was the primary organ that people read, Life Magazine had a multi-page spread on Jim Elliott and Nate Saint and the others who were killed. You know how it is when someone dies 
such a death were curious to know what they were about and how they lived their lives and what was important to them. And when Jim Elliot was killed, people started pouring through the things that he'd written. And he had written in his journal when he was in college a line that seemed to sum up his life. And that's the line that really sums up my message today. When Jim Elliot was in college, he had written these words one day in his journal. Listen. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. That's what Jesus is saying. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. If you want to be a true success today, you start your day by asking yourself, how can I give away the very essence of who I am today? How can I give away a piece of myself to the people I love, to people who can never pay me back? and to what God is doing in the world. Let's pray. Father, teach us today. I feel so feeble. Lord, I, don't, I, I struggle with this myself. You know I do. But Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit, who talks to us after the message is over, I pray that he'll just show us how we can change. Thank you for people who are here today who love you. Thank you for those who are not sure they know you yet, but they're interested in you. God, I just pray you'd be very close to every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Just pray with me a little more. I could be talking to somebody here today and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life. The Bible calls it being born again. That just means starting life over. And the Bible says it's not a matter of doing good things. It's not giving money. It's not joining a church. It's receiving Jesus personally. If you've never received him, I want to give you a chance to do that today. I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you mean it with your heart, you can repeat the words after me, or you can just pray whatever prayer you want to pray that calls out to God. This is so important. If you want to ask Christ into your life, you can pray with me right now. Here we go. Dear God, I know you love me. I believe Jesus died to pay for my sins. I believe he rose from the grave. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. One more thing. If you prayed that prayer, when you, when you came in, you received a worship folder. Part of it's detachable. If you pray with me to receive Christ, I have a packet I want to give to you. It won't cost you a penny. There's some DVDs in here and some great stuff to help you take your first steps in following Jesus. If you would just put your name on there and check the box and say, I pray with Mark today, all you have to do is take your card back to guest services or New Spring store. They will give you this. You can take it home with you and start learning today how to deepen your walk with Jesus Christ. I'm so glad you're here today.